Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our 1030 service. My name is Will Stutz, and I'm the worship pastor, and I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be on staff. Um, I've got some scripture I'm going to read for you guys, just kind of to read over us, and it, go, it leads into our first song, which is actually a new song. And so if, uh, if you guys would mind throwing that up there, this is uh, Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 5. And the Bible says, have, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though was in form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. This first song is called Center My Life, and we serve a God that we can center our lives around. We can, we can build our lives on him. He is the name that is above every name. He is all-powerful, and he is worthy of our worship this morning. So let's sing this song together.
Amen. Let's go ahead and you guys can have a seat. And this is Joseph Baker here to do our welcome. All right, I'm glad he went ahead and told you all to sit down because when you heard my name, I'm sure you instantly wanted to stand, but you can't. So uh, <laughs> welcome. We're, we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, when you came in, you received a bulletin. In that, you should have a Connect card. Um, if you're a guest with us, please make sure you fill that Connect card out. You'll drop it in the bucket on your way out whenever we do our offering uh, at that time in the service. And this is just a way for us to, A, have a record of your service, B, and if there's any way we can help you, any way we can minister to you, we want to make sure that we do that. So if you have prayer requests or just anything going on in your life, and let us know. We'll make sure to reach out to you. We'll have somebody in our uh, church staff be sure to reach out to you. And also, um, if there's a, a way that you want to get involved, if there's a way you want to serve in some of our ministries here at North, and mark that. Put it in there, and uh, we'll make sure that we get out, uh, get some information back to you on a way that you can get plugged into to what we're doing here at North. And um, with that, before we kick it back over to worship, um, we want to make a quick little announcement. So we have a really happy mama in our house uh, this morning, Miss Jenny. She is probably super pumped, right? Because if y'all haven't noticed, her son, Brett, is back from his basic. Uh... So Brett joined the Air Force, and he went and did everything that he needed to do. And he's back for about a week, and then he's headed off to the wonderful land of South Carolina. Uh, here for a little while. So he's here with us this week. We're glad that he's here uh, playing the drums with us again, just like a little throwback. So um, congratulations. Welcome back, man. And uh, with that, we will pray and we'll turn it back over to Will and the band to continue into worship. So God, we just thank you again for this time that, that you've brought us here together, God, that you've gathered us in this place to, to be able to worship you and to, to just praise you for who you are and to give thanks for all the things that you've done for us. And we just pray that you continue to touch us, God. Help us to prepare our hearts and worship God to be able to receive the word that we're going to get from Alan, uh, which he's received from you. And we just thank you for all that you've done for us, all the blessings and things that you've done for us, God, and just help to give us the strength that we need to be, uh, that we need to have to be the church that you've called us to be. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand together. We learned this song last week, and all three of these songs kind of, they talk about who God is and what he's done for us, and I'm just excited to worship the King of Kings. Sing this with me. Our Father, Creator, you hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than you. Cause you are always with us, gracious to forgive us, and by your power we've been set free. Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Sounded by your mercy and love Our hands are lifted high in surrender Your grace for me is always enough And there is no one higher than our God In wonder, you reign in love forever. There's no one higher than you. Your beauty, your splendor, your glory knows no measure. There's no one higher than you. Let's sing this together. Cause you are always with us. Gracious to forgive us, and by your power we've been set free. 
a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Cause I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love So here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it Seal it for thy courts of love Prone to wander, prone to wander Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love So here's my heart, Lord Take and seal it Seal it for thy courts above Here's my heart, Lord Take and seal it Seal it for thy courts above. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you, Lord, just for a time to sing and to praise your name, Lord, the name that is above every name. God, if there's nothing else that we take from this place, God, may we take the name of Jesus, God, to our to our families and our friends and our co-workers and, God, the people around us, the name that can change lives and hearts forever, the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you would be magnified and glorified in our lives, Lord. We pray today that your spirit would change us, that, God, as we continue and we, and we, in our worship and we open your word, and, God, may, may you speak to us through that. May you speak to us through, through your, uh, God, through, through Pastor Allen and through your word, Lord. We are here for you, God, and you alone. And so, God, we give you this time. May you be glorified and lifted up in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all can have a seat. Well, amen. Welcome in. Whether you are joining us here in person or online, we are so glad to have you worshiping uh, with us this morning. Uh, We are continuing our DNA series, what it is that makes Lindsay Lane North, Lindsay Lane North. What are things that we believe? What's our mission? Uh, What's our purpose? Uh, And to this week, we're going to begin talking about what is our strategy to accomplish those things. Uh, man, we've got a lot going on uh, this week. We've got a lot happening here at North. It's fall season. If you've been outside, you know, right? Fall is officially here. So break out your flannels and your, uh, your vests and all those things. We are uh, excited to do that. We're excited to gather, to meet together at Lyon Family Farm. I also want to let you know, uh, if you are a teenager, 5th through 12th grade, next week, next Sunday, is our hype night. Uh, and if you remember, Joseph, uh, there we did have 50 kids. Can y'all can you believe that? 50 students at our hype night uh, in August. And so we are, uh, he is making good on his promise to be dressed up in some character. I don't even know if y'all are supposed to know who it is. All I'll tell you is he went, he went up to that. And he had to get my approval. What he is planning for y'all on Sunday night, uh, he had to get my approval first on, all right? So I rubber stamped it with the caveat of, hey, if it goes bad, it's all on you, big boy, all right? So uh, we're looking forward to that. Got a lot going on, Lion Family Farm tonight. I hope that you've come. If you don't have your tickets, you can get those in the next steps, but you'll get more information about that at the end of service. We're taking tickets. We won't have them there. Won't have ticket sales available there, but we will have. We do have them this morning. All right, so we discussed some big, high, um, kind of intangible things, concepts, theological concepts in our mission and our purpose. The last two weeks, we talked about our mission in the community for the community. We're called everywhere that our neighbors are. We're meeting needs, not just physical, but spiritual needs, right? Ultimately, to bring the gospel to our neighbors, wherever they are, wherever they are at, wherever they are scattered across this world, we are called to bring them the gospel. Uh, We talked about our purpose statement, the rails that uh, provide the the guidelines to how we pursue mission uh, is to be together for the glory of God and the good of man, right? This This is who we are as a church. But over the next three weeks, I want to take a very practical turn. 
Uh, these don't involve, in a lot of ways, that doesn't involve you specifically. And so some of you may have had the question, what does Lindsay Lane North and its leadership want me to do? What is something that is, what is required of me as a believer? What is required of me as a member if I'm to be a member of Lindsay Lane North? We address this in the North 101 course, right? That we have expectations for you. Uh, you could call this as a type of growth. <laughs> that word was hard. Growth track, right? And so our strategy is that we want to see every person gather, group, and move. You can open your bulletin to the front page there. We've changed the verbiage of worship, grow, and serve, making disciples at worship, grow, and serve, to, to see every person gather, group, and move. This is our strategy. This is how we accomplish our mission and our purpose. And so what does this look like fleshed out in my life and fleshed out in your life as well. This is the strategy we hope to employ to see people grow and to go. Without, ex without expectations, there can be no met expectations. And so you have to know what's expected in order to be able to respond. And so you'll see in your bulletin that we are going to talk today about gathering, about the gathering and what does the gathering accomplish for us. And so in your bulletin, you see gather means to lift up and to send out in the world. We gather, every person gathers to lift up and to send out in the world. Well, we know about the gathering, the churches gathering together on a Sunday morning, the, the, the church as a whole in the United States, we see that there is a very downward trend over many decades. Now, what I would remind you is, do not grow pessimistic about that fact and, and try to rope in the entire church to that. In fact, the church is growing more today than it ever has in the history of the church. Now, in the United States, those trends may not be true, may not flesh out in the United States, but to think that the church is declining as a whole universally is to have a purely Western point of view. Right? The church is growing. Where is it growing? It's not growing in the places where it's free to do so, like we enjoy the freedom here. It's actually growing in the places that are most persecuted, in places where you could be imprisoned or fined or even killed for your faith. It's growing as never before. And so, and so the church is growing. God's word is going forth. But in, for decades now, in the United States, we've experienced a downward trend. So I've got some statistics for you. According to a Gallup poll in 2020, for the first time in our country's history, the majority of the population of the U.S., 53%, claimed no association with a church. That they have not attended, the, the criteria was they had not attended a church in at least a year. And so over that span of time, over 53% of the world, had no, of the U.S., had no affiliation with a church at all. This is the first time in the history of the world that a majority of the U.S. is not associated with the church. According to Barna... In 2020, 45% of those surveys attended a worship service monthly. 45% of the U.S. population attended a worship service monthly. In 2019, 25% of Americans attended worship monthly. The number was cut in half. Literally, we went from almost half to a quarter of Americans attended a monthly service. That means the church membership has decreased by over 50% in weekly attendance. This is where trends really begin to get concerning. The trends are even worse. In 1993, 45% of professing Christians, those that claim a relationship with Jesus Christ, answered that they attended a worship service Weekly. 45% of professing, but still under half that profess to be Christians attended worship service weekly. Today, only 29% of professing Christians attend 
weekly. So let's follow the numbers then. So if we follow the numbers, if we're called by God to gather together, less than half of the U.S. population belongs to a church, has any church affiliation, and only 16 to 17% of the nation's population attend church weekly. 16 to 17% of a nation founded on biblical principles attend church in a weekly rhythm, if you will, of their life. 16 to 17%. So if we take our cue from the world with this intellectually enlightened age that we live in, one might deduct that getting together in an old-fashioned church service like this is a little bit antiquated and old-fashioned. That getting together as Meemaw and Papa used to do on Sunday mornings is a little bit antiquated and it's a little bit old-fashioned. We could draw those conclusions. We live in a, a world and a day where church attendance, right, is marginalized. Other things take its place. If we take our cue from the world, we see that attendance is marginalized, right? There's, there's no need. I, you hear things, cute things like, I'm a part of the invisible church. Okay, I get what you're saying, that Christ has changed your heart. But there's no example in Scripture that we have of any person that has been changed internally in the secret places of their heart that did not have external ramifications, did not express that change in community with a body of believers. We don't see it in Scripture, right? And so there is a need, a necessary understanding that we must be a part of the body of Christ. We must be a part of the gathering. Not only that, but we know that God's Word, Scripture, is clear that the New Testament church gathered in large group. Now, it's true that small group was the engine that drove most of what they did. But the large group happened time and time again. Consider the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Remember, Jesus had ascended, and the 120 that were there that saw him ascend went into the upper room, and what does the Bible say? They were gathered all in one place and in one accord. What I've learned is you can gather a lot of people, but just because a bunch of people are gathered doesn't mean they're in one accord. doesn't mean they're of one mind. It doesn't, certainly doesn't mean they're of one Heart. But these 120 were gathered in a corporate setting together in Acts chapter 2. In Acts 3 and in Acts 5, Paul and the leaders of the church of Jerusalem would teach believers together, all together in Solomon's portico at the temple. It was a side hustle teaching uh, venue in the temple that people would gather together in large number and they would teach. Paul and other church leaders would teach at Solomon's portico. They met routinely for prayer and for worship. Acts 4. 23 through 31 talks about their, the way that they met together. They prayed and they, were, they had a radical dependence on God and a radical dependence on one another, praying of one mind and of one heart. Believers gathered together in Acts chapter 12, praying for Peter's release from prison, right? Elsewhere, they were praying, right? They were praying and praying so earnestly and, and Paul's teaching and he taught so long. Y'all think I'm long-winded. A man literally in the window of the room fell asleep, fell out of the second story window or third story window, whatever, and killed himself. He died, fell asleep from the preaching. All right, so I don't feel as bad if you fall asleep in my preaching. All right, if you fell, they fall asleep during Paul's and fall asleep in mine. All right, <laughs> fell out of the window and they pray all hours of the night. Included in this is the understanding of Paul's letters. Unless specifically addressed to a person, every one of Paul's letters were written to a church. What does that mean? In the corporate gathering that was happening, they were to read the letter in the presence of the entire church. Well, how do you read the letter in the presence of the entire church if they're not gathered all in one place, collectively worshiping together? 
You see, we live in a day where the gathering is marginalized. And one of the great dangers facing the church in this post-COVID era is that people that had a cultural understanding of church attendance, and we need to do it because we're from the, we're, we're from the belt buckle, the Bible belt, and church attendance is, is, is recognized that church attendance is something that we should do. COVID eliminated all that. And listen, I, I want you to understand, I know there are people that have absolutely valid reasons why they are attending. If you're watching online, I mean, I value and thank you for that. But the end goal for us is to bring people back to the gathering. And so there is a tendency in some that under the banner of I'm going to protect myself are really in the habit of not going and they are covering up their lukewarmness. They are guilty of what the church of Laodicea was. They're neither hot nor cold and because it's no longer a part of their rhythm and something that they do or an expectation anymore because they have an excuse they don't come. They don't have to come. Can I just be honest with you? If I was listening to pastors if I was listening to a preacher online and that was my involvement with the church can I just tell you I wouldn't be listening to myself? I wouldn't be listening to me. Alan Ostrowski would not be first on the list. I'd be listening to David Platt, Matt Chandler. I'd be listening to Francis Chan. I'd be listening to Adrian Rogers, old Adrian Rogers takes. I'd be listening to just about anybody except me. <laughs> he did that last service too. It's all right. I wouldn't listen to Will's worship either. Be listening to Hillsong United right now. I'm just kidding. I'm not, but I'm, you, you get what I'm saying. All right, so... Here's the deal. There's better options out there. We don't come to this gathering because the most effective communicator and the most effective worship leader and the most effective groups are happening. The most effective childcare. We come because there is something special about the gathering of believers. This is the great danger of the world that we live in. Barna has said as much as a third of the people that were culturally there in the church because they felt an obligation to are not coming back to the church. They're not coming back. And so how do we respond? If we're getting our cues from the world, then, we're, then, then attendance will be marginalized. You don't have to do that. You can learn and you can grow in other places. Yes, but you can't be in a gathering of believers online. And so we're called out of this world. We're called to be different, to take our cues, not from the world, but from God's word. We're called out of the world as the ecclesia and into the church to lift up and to send out. So turn in your Bible to Psalm 34. Psalm 34 will be on the screen as well. We're going to look at this lifting up. And sending out is as a church that gathers together, what we want you to do is we want you to lift up and we want you to be sent out. All right, so number one, we gather to lift up praise. Lift up praise. Look at Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1. I, bl I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the name of the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name. What? Together. Let us lift high his name together. Last night, I had... An interest. I have an interest in Alabama football. I have an interest in Atlanta Braves baseball. Last night, we invited some friends over to our house. Guess what we did while we were there? We both families, my family and their family, had a shared interest in two sports teams. So we set up our living room TV with the Alabama game. We set up a side TV with the Atlanta Braves game. And let me just tell you, I've never done that as a fan of either team. I've never done that. And can I just tell you, that's the most conflicting thing to do in the world. 
right? Alabama's scoring a touchdown while we're leaving bases loaded, you know, and striking out at the end of an inning. You know, I'm like, ah, like, it's not, it wasn't good for me as a, as a fan to do that. But I was drawn to people. Why? Because we knew they were fans as well. What we are interested in draws us to the people that we are around. It happens that way. I have hunting buddies. I have fishing buddies. There are, there are guys in my phone, y'all, that I don't talk to nine months out of the year. But the month leading up to duck season, we talk. And you know how I know that you know that they're my hunting buddies? Because I don't know their last name. I got them saved in my phone as Ryan Duck. You know, I've got them saved. Don't, y'all don't judge me. Y'all know y'all do that. Don't act like you ain't ever, oh, what's that person? I don't remember that name. Oh, how will I remember them? Oh, the person at this store I met. You know, or I've heard people, random guy, you know, like, or, or, or here's your better one, right? Don't answer. Sometimes it, I, I have saved people in my phone as don't answer, all right? No one in here, so don't freak out and think that I'm, I'm also not good at calling back. But that happens, right? Why? Because we have these affinity groups, and we typically are drawn to people that have different have the same affinities to us. And so we gravitate. I have friends that I have met in the community only because, and we're friends only because our kids play ball together. And because I'm invested in my kid and they're invested in their kid, we're invested in Elkmont Rec League Baseball, right? We want to see their kids succeed. When their kid throws a strike, it's as good as our kid's throwing a strike. When their kid hits a home run, it's as good as our kid, right? Because we have an affinity for one another. We're drawn together. Whatever our heart is full of will determine who we're drawn to. Whatever we love, whatever we care about will determine who we're drawn to. If someone's heart is, fully, is truly filled with the praise of God, then we will seek that community in others. But the reverse of that is also true. My friend, if you are looking at your life and all you see around you is negative influences, all you see around you are people that are pulling you down spiritually. Before you start pointing your finger at them, maybe you should recognize and point the fingers back at yourself and recognize that we are drawn to people because of our shared interests. Could it be that the church has become more identifiable with the, the world than we have been with Christ? Could it be that we live our lives prioritizing things the world cares about more than the things that God cares about? When Jesus talks about this brand of people, this group of people who will be called out, they are weirdos in the world that they live in. They look different. They act different. They're not accepted. They're not popular. They're outcasts. But they're drawn together, together by what their heart is full of. Could it be that our hearts are maybe not as full as we would like to believe they are of things of God? Maybe in our mind, if we're seeing church not as an opportunity, not as something we get the opportunity to do, but we see it as an obligation. Maybe it's because our hearts are not in it. So how invested are we in things of God? If, we, if our hearts are full, we're lifting up praise together. We're drawn together to people that are like-minded. It happens. And so you surround yourself with people. You're going to start acting like them. You're going to start thinking like them. And, and, and so when we have a certain friend group, maybe we, the blame isn't all on them. Man, y'all just bringing me down. Maybe it's the fact that we value what they provide for us rather than what we can provide to them in the hope of the gospel. Whatever our heart is full of will determine who we're drawn through. The idea of praise in the Hebrew, it says there, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. The word means literally fame or glory. That God's fame, what God values, who God is, is always 
in my mouth. His praise is always on my lips. And so that doesn't mean that everything that I do doesn't look like on my knees or prostrate in worship with my hands up in the air. But everything that I do, I do in order to praise God. So whether I am working, whether I am sleeping, whether I am parenting, whether I am playing sports, whether I am whatever it is that you're doing, everything that I'm doing, his praise is always there. It's always evident. So the church is those that are different from the world, taking their cues not from the world, but taking them from heaven. And so the gathering then in your notes should further the glorifying of God, the fame, the renown, the praise of God. It should further that. I can glorify God in my life, but God also receives higher glory and greater glory as I gather with other believers. I want you to understand, we don't go to church to experience the presence of God. The idea of let's go to the Lord's house, that, that ended with Jesus. I hope that you haven't come today to experience the presence of God. Because if you have, you don't understand what it means to be a temple of God yourself. We carry God's presence with us everywhere we go. This building is just a building. It is God's house in the extent that a bunch of God's houses are meeting here. The temple is our hearts. Not brick and mortar and a lot of caulk, right? Not those things. God dwells within us. So we don't come to experience God's presence at church. So why do we come to church? We come to be encouraged by the presence of God in others. There is something magical about when I, as I am fulfilling God's purposes for my life, and I am interested in his glory and his praise and his fame, I meet together with somebody else that is interested in the glory and the fame and the renown of God, we meet together and the result is higher exaltation of God. That's the result. And so why, are, why is this not the priority in our life? To gather amongst believers, to see the need to be around one another. We are to exalt, to lift high the name of Jesus. It's the idea of the word exaltation. So we gather to lift up praise, but we also gather to lift up one another. Turn to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, the church, in the context of Hebrews 10, is experiencing some of the greatest persecution it's ever experienced to date and that it ever will experience. That we don't know persecution like this church received persecution under Emperor Nero. We don't understand that level. Talking about being, being left out of things in your workplace, being a, an outcast, being left out of, of fun things to do. You think that's persecution, man? This is nothing like what they experienced in that day. And so here's what they begin to think. Well, hey, listen, y'all. Every time we get together, we start getting arrested. Every time we get together, people begin to persecute us. It gets difficult for me and my family. I've got an idea. Let's just not get together. Let's not get together. Let's be a part of the invisible church. And let's just all pursue Jesus together. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 10. Verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let us consider how to stir up one another. One of my fondest childhood memories is going hunting with my dad. And there was a gas station, a particular gas station in Scottsboro that did something the right way. They did biscuits in the morning the right way. And I can remember every time I went hunting with my dad, they were opened at five, so we would try to get there at five. We didn't want to be later. We'd lose our spot. We would try to be there right at five, right when they opened. The biscuits are hot and fresh, and they did biscuits the right way. Those that know what they're doing wrap biscuits in the clear plastic wrap. Right? 
That's how biscuits were made. Now, maybe somebody's come out that it causes cancer or something like that. Got to die from something, right? But regardless, if I come to a place and that plastic wrap is wrapped on them, I know they know how to do a biscuit, right? And I can remember as a kid, like trying to work on the bottom, it all accumulates at the bottom and you're trying to figure out how to get it broken open and the cheese is like plastered the side of it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I'd get that. I'd get a biscuit in the morning and I'd always get a glass bottle Yoo-Hoo. Glass bottle Yoo-Hoo. Now, there's a special instruction on a Yoo-Hoo that if you don't follow this instruction, you are missing out. What is that instruction? Shake before opening. Why? There is a layer of chocolatey goodness that if you don't shake before opening, and everybody has their own technique, right? Some people just shake it up. Some people back and forth. Some people, they flip it over on its head and pound the top. Everybody's got their own most effective way to get the chocolate out of the bottom of the Yoo-Hoo. But it, the important thing is we've got to shake this up. We've got to get all this chocolatey goodness dispersed throughout this liquid so that we can enjoy our, 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 our Yoo-Hoo. Otherwise, we're missing out, right? Can you imagine like an animal just opening a Yoo-Hoo and drinking it without shaking it? What animal does this, right? And every morning, I'd get a biscuit, I'd get a Yoo-Hoo, and we'd head out to the duck blind. Every morning, I shook that drink. I don't know if it did anything, but I sure thought it did. I still, as a 34-year-old adult, still think it does, right? Had to shake it up so that it would live up to its full potential. You know what Paul says here in the gathering? The gathering is the shaking up of the body of Christ. We gather together so that the interest we have in the renown and glory of God, the interest that the other person has in the glory and the renown of God clashes together. And I am encouraged by you. You are encouraged in me. And we serve together in the context of ministry within the gathering. And we are encouraged by one another. This is the way it works. This is the stirring up of the body of Christ. And so the gathering is important. It's how we stir one another up. It doesn't happen on accident. It happens intentionally. But in the greater context of Hebrews, the church was enduring perhaps its greatest persecution. And their answer at the time was, well, let's not meet together. And Paul says, do not neglect the meeting together. This is the shaking up. This is how the church reaches its full potential. Is by gathering together. If you are settling for less than fellowship and community with the body of Christ... you are missing it as a disciple of Jesus. There is no way. You know what they is dealt with most heavily in the book of Hebrews? The falling away of the church. As soon as they quit meeting, the priorities in their life shifted. See, it doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Other things start taking over. And their priorities shifted enough they didn't have accountability in their life, and they began to even leave the faith. And it all began by failing to meet together. So the gathering is important for our life. We gather to lift one another up. Do you come to church? Do you come to church thinking about this? Is legit. Do you come to church thinking about who can I lift up today? Or do you have the mentality of, Alan, I wish you'd quit preaching messages like this. I'm here. Isn't that good enough? What else could you want from me? You're doing good to get me. What mentality do you come with? And to understand fellowship, to understand the great fruit that is here in the gathering, to experience it. In the note, the gathering should facilitate the growing of the body. The growing of the body. So the question is not let us consider if we should go to church, right? That's a non-negotiable. The, the question is let us consider how we can make church not about us. 
How do we remove our selfishness now from how I attend church? All of a sudden, we come with a lot less obligations. We come with a lot less things that we can't do and a lot more that we can do. Why? Because we are existing for others. Again, do we see church as an opportunity or an obligation? Thirdly and finally, we gather to send out. Matthew 5.13. Matthew 5.13. Paul uses a very clear picture. He uses the idea of salt. And so in my house, we have lots of different containers for salt. We have containers like this for salt. Right? This is what we fill up all the other cute containers with, because apparently this is socially unacceptable to have on your dinner table. We have a big thing of salt. This is where the majority of our salt is held in our home, in a big container with a whole lot of salt, all gathered together. We've got other salt. When we're feeling fancy like Applebee's, we get salt out of the salt, sea salt grinder. Right? Would you like any salt? Yes, I, I believe I would. Right? Sea salt grinder, right? Because it's not enough. Sprinkle salt just ain't going to get it done. I can't taste a quantifiable difference, but apparently some can. And if when that person arrives at our home, we get the sea salt grinder. Mm, hang on. There you go. All right? Oh, and y'all. COVID, right? Takeout. How many of y'all received one of these during COVID? The little salt packet. Now, I know some of y'all utilize this, and that's really important to you. Can I just tell you in my life, I have never used one of these in my entire life. If my food doesn't have enough salt, that amount ain't going ain't to get it there. All right? It just ain't going to happen. I'll just cut my losses. Like, it ain't worth opening it up. ain't worth messing with it. I, just throw it away with the rest of the wrapper, right? But we have cute little individual salts to gather together just to fix up two green beans, Right? It's another container we have. Oh, yeah, there's this container. In case you didn't know what it is, it's written on there. Thank you, Ray Dunn. We have a cute little trendy salt shaker. And not only that, but ain't that the most adorable spoon you've ever seen? You can take your little spoon, a nice tasteful amount of salt, and just sprinkle it in. And now we don't ever open this. It sits on our table and Ray Dunn is meant to be looked at, not to be used. So it just sits there. This is our salt decoration, but we have salt in it. It gathers salt in our home. And it's fall, y'all. Everybody's got their themed salt shakers, right? So our fall pumpkin salt shaker has to be out on full display. Now this is what we get. This is one's that we typically use, right? And then we switch it up to the Santa Claus and Miss Claus or whatever else we're going to use for the next season. But we have these all in our home, these salt shakers. Let me read to you Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth in verse 13. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. We gather to send out. I believe we live in a day and age where the gathering of believers becomes a lot less about the salt and a lot more about the shaker. We live in a day where church is about how many people we can get to attend on a Sunday morning. And y'all, I'm a pastor. I fall into the same prideful trap. How many people we have on a Sunday determines how effective I've been as a minister of the gospel. All about the amount that we can fit in this shaker. And the, the, the sheer numbers that we can fit into this. Some of us, sometimes church... Is caught up in all the trends. Man, we want to be so trendy and so cool and so visibly appealing that we miss the weight of ministry. Gathering in a cute way, in a trendy way, in a way that's right with the times, right? We begin to put so much focus on the shakers. We want to be convenient for everybody. 
Can I make the argument to you that every bit of grain of salt in every one of these shakers is useless in the shaker? It's useless. If the salt has lost its flavor, how do we know when salt has flavor? You don't gather it together in large containers and trendy containers and cute containers. We scatter it. And salt scattered provides flavor. Ultimately, we want to see you gather as children of God. We want to see you gather as lost, maybe outside of a relationship with Christ. We want to see you fellowship so that you're so stirred up together that you see and witness the difference that Christ makes in our life, that you are encouraged, you're, you're energized, and then you get to leave this gathering and scatter to a lost and dying world. You are the flavor of redemption that covers the blandness of death in this world. We are the difference. We are the salt of the earth. And so we gather to send out. We gather to send out people. We gather so that we can be encouraged to be a difference. Church is not just about what goes on in the Lord's house, in this building, but it's about who we are outside these walls that's going to make the difference. That's where they see our flavor. That's where they see Jesus. The church shouldn't find its value in its gathering but it's in its scattering. That's when salt is recognized for the value that it has. As one pastor said, it's not about our seating capacity. It's about our sending capacity. Our ability to scatter in the community as we are for the community. And so in your notes, finally, the gathering should inspire the going of individuals. The gathering should inspire the going of individuals. When you gather, when you, here today, man, do you come because it's an obligation? Because it's something that you feel like you need to check on your things to make you acceptable to God? Or things that your mom and them always did, and so you just do it too? Or do you see the gathering as a place that we get to magnify God, to stir one another up, and then to leave with the expectation of evangelism and ministry? How you view the gathering determines a lot about your attitude that you have for the church. If the church is about you, if the gathering is about you, then when it doesn't meet a preference, you're out. You're gone. No strings attached. But when we recognize it for what it is, the incubator, the, the growing, the, the stirring place of our souls, then we view it differently. Then we approach it differently. Instead of just wanting to be there, we begin to invest and get involved. We begin to get serious. We begin to look at others instead of, man, I didn't like that song or I didn't like that pastor's point. I didn't like how he did that. We start saying, how can we make a difference in somebody else? And we need to be getting involved. Getting involved gathering because ultimately God has called us to send out he's called us to send out this should be a rally man this should be a this should be a pumped up rally to then go out to a lost and dying world is that what you see is that how you feel is that the condition of your heart would you bow your head and close your eyes we want to see every person gather, group, and move. There is power in the gathering. And in a world that the gathering has been marginalized, God has a purpose. We should prioritize it. 
Man, if we prioritize it, we're going to get other people here. Did you know that 85% of the church, the current church membership, 85% of them came and became involved in the church because of a direct invitation? Not because they heard about it or saw it on a billboard or heard it on Facebook or anything like that. They responded to a direct invitation of somebody. 85% of the church. Johnny Hunt shared that statistic at the men's event. Another opportunity to gather. Right? doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. We're going to gather tonight. We're gathering at Lion Family Farm. And if we're excited about what God is doing, not just excited about a pumpkin or an apple smoothie, an apple slushie, if we are excited about being around fellow believers because of what it does in our hearts, then we'll be at things like that. We'll prioritize things like that. But ultimately, it's to, to send out to send out how do you view this gathering I believe it reflects a lot about how you view the church if you have certain negative opinions about the church it's probably because you have certain negative opinions about Christ I mean you can't love Christ and hate his bride So maybe you need to get involved. Maybe you today, maybe you need to become part of this gathering. Maybe you need to follow Christ, be a part of the church, big C. You need, to, you need to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to make the decision today to commit your life to Christ. Man, I would love to talk to somebody that needs to be made new today in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to join this church. Maybe you need to get involved in ministry. And when we say amen, go out to the next steps table and sign up for something, anything. Get active serving somebody else. Whatever it is, this is the opportunity to respond to. This is the invitation. So if you're here today, whatever decision you need to make, I pray that you would do so as the Holy Spirit leads you today. Holding nothing back, that you would respond. Father, we thank you for today and what you've taught us through your word. Pray that we would love your body and love the gathering of it together. God, I pray that you would use this gathering to make a real difference in the world that we live in. God, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing and what you're teaching us through this series and just pray that you would allow those that need to to respond in whatever shape, form, or fashion. Maybe they just need to come. Maybe they just need to realign their life. Maybe they need to come and pray here at this altar. Just get things right with the Lord. Whatever the case may be, I pray that we would respond as you lead. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we sing? Any decision needs to be made. Pray that you would respond as the Spirit leads. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Come on. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Let go of whatever you're holding on to and come. So lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, I So lay down your hurts, lay down your heart, come as you are. You can be seated. I want to remind you there's a way for you to respond, listening here in person or online, there's a way for you to respond. If there's anything, any decision you need to make uh, on that Connect card, there's a way for you to let us know. And then on that post, there's a way to connect you to our digital Connect card. Let us know about any decision that you made today for whatever reason you didn't move. Um, check that box, uh, and we will happily follow up with you this week, okay? All right, we've got a couple of announcements, and we will be dismissed.